Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm down on my knees in the dust. I scream from the top of my lungs. I found my way back to a higher ground. Yeah, I just want to feel alive. Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren. I found my way back to a higher ground. Yeah, I just want to feel alive with you. Good evening, Sydney, and welcome to the program Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. I'll be here with you up until midnight. Love you to be involved in the show. If you're up and you're awake and you've got something to say or you want to get something off your chest, uh, send me a text, 0457 736 736. Or if you want to jump on the phone, you can. The golden rule, though, um, if you've had less than six sherbets, you can give me a call. Any more than half a dozen, I think you should use the text line. But if you want to jump on the open line, there is space there now. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Plenty of news about uh, what is it now? Four sleeps until Origin two, and uh, all well, not just uh, the Origin teams, but also NRL Sydney-based NRL teams now dealing with some um, some possibilities, some changes, all hovering around the COVID situation. Other news about this evening and Chad Townsend. Well, he will help the Warriors push for the finals after being granted an immediate release by Cronulla Sharks. Uh, so Chad, he's been playing in the New South Wales Cup, hasn't he, the last couple of weeks. Very high-paid player to be playing in the second grade, if you like. He'll join the Warriors. And, uh, well, can you imagine if Chad Townsend orchestrates a win against his former club? Keep in mind, the Warriors have still got to play the Sharks twice, I believe, before the end of the season. Both clubs are, you know, there and thereabouts, pushing for a place in the eight. Can you imagine if Chad reigns on his former club's parade and snatches a place in the finals for the Warriors and not the Sharks. Oh, there's a script in that, isn't there? Anyway, a lot of water to go under that bridge, and uh, I wish Chad all the best. He's done a lot of work for us here at SCM, a really good fella, and we know that he will be joining uh, North Queensland next season. And as I say, a number of NRL clubs are facing restrictions on crowd numbers, uh, with New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian announcing new stadium capacity rules in Sydney. Now, we know Queensland borders, they've been shut to residents of the city of Sydney, Wallara, Bayside, Canada Bay, Inner West, Ramwick and Waverley. So what we also know is outdoor sporting events will now be capped at 50% with masks required. No NRL games, thankfully, this weekend uh, with the women's and men's origin, the only matches to be played. Could be some problems next week, though. Uh, You've got a number of games in Sydney, haven't you? Um, Already it's sold out too, I believe. The uh, the derby between Penrith and Parramatta. You've also got the Roosters and Storm at the SCG. This is next weekend I'm talking about. Warriors-Dragons at Gosford. Panthers-Eels at Blue Bet, uh, as I've just said. Uh, Bulldogs and Manly at Bankwest. Tigers and Rabbitohs at Leichhardt Oval. So we'll have to uh, just uh, keep a watch on that, but let's let's hope things don't worsen in Sydney. Uh, I'll be talking to uh, Greg McCallum uh, shortly, in fact, uh, about that Siwa Taukiaho decision last night. 
borderline ridiculous, isn't it? What what they've done there. Uh, we'll, we'll sink our teeth into that. And uh, also, we'll be talking to uh, a really well-known journalist, Scott Bailey. He's got his uh, finger on the pulse. Uh, we'll talk about all the big issues in the game. Love you to get involved with the show. Higher ground with me, Chris Warren. Again, the text line is 0457 736 736. And if you would like to give me a call, do that now. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 Yes, indeed. Uh, welcome to the program, Sydney. Hope you're enjoying your... What day is it, G? I tell you what, they all merge into one a little bit, don't they? Uh, Wednesday, because you know why it's Wednesday, because it's four sleeps until Origin 2. We're all counting down to that. Uh, no, drama's really uh, in the Blues camp that I'm aware of. Uh, so Tommy didn't train on day one or two, but that's all just uh, precautionary. Uh, he played... When did they play? Sunday, wasn't it? Mm. So just give him uh, the Mad Russians with me in the studio, which is always good to see. He, he well, that's why the days get confused because he wasn't here on Monday. Where did you go? Well, I was doing drive. I was had to fill oh, in. Right. So drive. So, all hands on deck at the moment at the station. With yeah. Some of the big names about yeah, to take sure, holidays. Sure, yeah, so yeah. flipping around, as you know, Chris. Oh, it's always good to flip afternoon around. Afternoon shifts coming up. Is that you right? got a multi skill? I have got some afternoon shifts coming up next week. Uh, from Monday, I'll be sitting in the chair uh, for afternoons. Mm-hmm. So you did uh, afternoons on Monday, you did? Drive. Drive, drive, Monday. drive. Is that a promotion or relegation from higher ground? Oh, I've done a bit of drive in the past. Mm. I just flip it around. Yeah. I'm yeah. The, me- with, the jack uh, of all trades. With Joel and Fletch or Joel no, and so I had Finchie? F- <laughs> Fletch and Adam Peacock at the end of last week, and then I had Joel and Finchie. So I didn't actually get Joel and Fletch together. Right. While I was on doing that show. Well, right. it's good fun yeah. anyway. Because yeah. I was asking All the question. I was asking the question. So to be a guest, to be the you know the co-pilot mm. on Drive with Joel, because Joel's got his hands on the wheel, really, hasn't he? He's the head well, pilot. He yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's the driver. So he's the driver. So to be the co-driver, you've, I, uh, your initials have just got to be BF. <laughs> Brian Something Fletcher. Like that. Yeah, exactly right. Brett Flinch. Finch. Flinch. Don't flinch. Yeah. Finch. Um, if you played State of Origin. For New South Wales, that tends to help you. Oh, okay, case so it's got to well. be BF, and you have to have played Origin Select for group. New South. Uh, ben Ken, uh, um, who else? Well, that there couldn't be any yeah. other BFs that have played Origin for New Talk South topic. Wales. Talk topic. Huh? Talk topic. Well, well, I was going to say Ben Fordham, but he works with another mob, <laughs> and I don't think he'd be ready for this. No, he no. wouldn't be ready for big this shift. sort of stuff. Big huh? shift. It's a big shift. In, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he hasn't played Origin, Fordham. Hosted, hosted Ninja Warrior. Do you know what? On that, and we're going off track here, that is my kids' favourite program, Not full surprised. stop. It's dragged them away from YouTube fishing wow. channels and Gold Rush channels. They love that. That's remarkable. Oh, no, they love Ninja. So we had a thought last night. And I don't know. This has got nothing to do with Rugby League. Oh, this okay. is, oh, by this the is way, entertainment. This is a Rugby League program, by the way. It's called Higher Ground. Uh, they call me Chris Warren. They call him the Mad Russian. Alex Molchanowski is his real name. He comes and goes. He shows up some shifts. He doesn't others. And I just, uh, I'm not even sure if he's going to be here anymore. I just come in and, and if he's not here, I'll tell you what, the bloke we had on Monday was good. Was he all right, Ads? Ads. Oh, no, his Still name's not Ads. Oh, yeah. No. He's oh, the assassin. assassin. Yes, I did. The assassin. Home. Yes, You're the mad Russian. Ads is the assassin because he doesn't say much. He's good Ads. Outside, did you in, get much out of him? On yeah, the show? he's good. Yeah. In here, he, he knows he's couldn't shut him up. 
Knows his footy. Silent assassin, my my um, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't shut him up. Uh, no, good young fella. Uh, as are you too, Mad Rusky. I don't don't, don't want to lose you, but um, I believe they're, they're sort of training me up uh, on a more technical front to sort of host and panel op at the same sort of time. It's very old fashioned radio. It you is. Know, it is. So you used to have to do that to be in radio. It's well, sort of my concern, back. Rusky. My concern is I don't want to do you out of a job. Because okay. you've got a young, we haven't got a young family. What do you need money for? You live at home. <laughs> I don't. I'm just. You don't even need to be here. Oh, I need to get in the property market, Chris. You know. Oh no, they, don't <laughs> uh, forget about that. I do too. Yeah. Mm. Once you go through a divorce or two, you're sort you're of gone. back to square one. Mm. You're gone. You've got no chips, no fun, no fun tokens to play with. Oh, depressing. That's, Why that's did you I'm take me down this path? I was in a good mood. Well, so you're you're all, you're not. I'm not on the panel tonight. You're on the panel. Well, I'm sort of. No, you're here. I mean, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm in here, right, in this studio to our listeners out there. Uh, by the way, if you'd like to call us, um, you can give me a call. I'll try and answer the phone, and you could be my first caller while I'm operating this cockpit. So basically in front of me, to point it out, I could put pictures on my, my Twitter page or well, something. Do it in the breaks. Do it, it in the breaks. breaks um, uh, basically, so I've got this, this big... Big like computer in front of me with a thousand red and green buttons and levers and oh my lord! I tell you what, it really could make you just want to jump out a window. Can, can um, I tell you that's probably one of the it's it's one of the smallest panels I've ever worked on oh, here right? at Sen. It's well, I hope we land safely. Yeah, I feel like right. I, if if Joel, what's his <laughs> name, Joel Kane, if he's the pilot of drive, I am the pilot here right now. On higher ground. I'm up here and sh- sh- um, myself <laughs> with uh, a cockpit of flashing lights. And I, I can see a runway down there somewhere near Mascot. But I don't know if I'm allowed to land or not uh, with COVID. And even if I could land, I wouldn't know how to bloody land because I don't know which button to push. Two hours. I'll know. I'll, 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 have this, I'll yeah. learn to land the plane in That's two exactly hours. Right. Righto. Well, you're on. Right. You're on. Uh, how are you feeling out there? Forget about this bloke. Forget about me. How are you, the listener? Because without you... We are nothing. We're not even here. No. It's like a game of rugby league with no fans. And I, gee, I hope we don't start going down that path again. But it looks like there will be a cut mm. in stadium capacities uh, as of next weekend, I think, if thing, as things are at the moment. Uh, but no, we wouldn't be here without you, the listener. And we'd like you to be involved in the program. 0457 736 736. You should know that by now. Uh, that is the text line. We can talk about anything. We can talk about origin. We can talk about the farcical um, dismissal, if you like, of Siwataki Aho's case at the judiciary last night. Um, he wasn't even given a slap on the wrist, so he escaped with anything. Not even, uh, it was not guilty. Not guilty of uh, whatever grade one charge it was. Uh, but we're seeing it too often. And I'm going to chat to Greg uh, McCallum uh, shortly. Uh, we often chat to him on a Monday night about what's coming up at the judiciary. Greg McCallum, yes, he of the former referee. Uh, refereed a few grand finals, and uh, we call him the judge. He's our go-to man uh, for any matters uh, judicial or um, litigation-related. And we'll talk about uh, how we can improve. Are we getting to where we need to be? Is the consistency there? Look, it's clearly not at the moment, and I think you know one or two bunker officials are reading different memos from mm. HQ because... We've seen a, a few instances in the last couple of weekends where players have been simbinned or sent off and then it gets to the match review committee or the judiciary and they throw it out. Mm. So that then says to the bunker, well, you were wrong. wrong. Mm. 
Okay, I know it's after the fact, and and the the match review committee have had uh, hours to look at it, and they've got the the benefit of time and hindsight. But you know, uh, what do we do to to stop this happening? Mm. Because at the weekend, and sure, Takiaho being Sinbin didn't cost the Roosters the game. Well, it certainly had a big bearing on the outcome. Mm. I can't say for certainty that it cost them the game, but. You just don't want to see that in a final mm. or a grand final. Can you imagine the outcry? Or an origin. Or an origin. Can you imagine it? Mm. Um, so we've got to try and get to this, the, the situation where all the, I don't know, the, the checks and balances are there and the safeguards and the safety nets, whatever word you want to use, to stop it happening. Um, you know, so, so we'll chat to Greg shortly about that. What else? Um, Chad Townsend. So he mm. is off to the Warriors and... You've done a lot of work with Chad. He's done mm. a lot of work here. I have as well. Really good fella. Mm. Look, he's not wanted at Cronulla, so it's not like he wants to get out of the club. He's uh, obviously signed with North Queensland on a three-year deal from next season, but he's playing reserve grade with Newtown. Uh, has been the last couple of weeks. Uh, Newtown, and uh, I know Bronson Garlic, the skipper of the Newtown Jets team. I know him pretty well, and he doesn't want to see Chad go, no. but... You know, um, you can't have a player who's on, well, I don't know, half a million or $600,000 a, a season running around in reserve grade. Like, they've got Andrew Fafita running around in reserve grade. And what was that stat I read out at the weekend? I think it was in Buzz Rossfield's uh, article. He is earning, he's on 800000 This mm. is Andrew Fafita. So he's not wanted in the first uh, 17 at the moment at the Sharks. And he's played about 30 minutes, I think. So do your sums. And that worked out at about $18,000 a minute. Well, that'll send a club broke. Yeah. That's not great recruitment. And then you've got Josh Dugan down there too. He's on about the same. So they've had uh, Townsend, Dugan and Fafita running around for Newtown Jets um, the last couple of weeks. And Fafita for longer than that. But good luck to Chad. So he joins the Warriors. And, uh, well, he won't play this weekend because there's no games this weekend. But he will play... In, uh, in round 16, round 16. So, uh, but the question is, the question is, I don't know, and I haven't read it anywhere yet, is there a clause in his contract with the Warriors uh, that prohibits him playing against his former mm. club? Uh, because can you imagine the situation where he comes back and let's say he wins the match? I'm going to go to a break very shortly if I know how to do it. I'm not sure which button to push. Um if he comes back and haunts his former club, and let's say the Warriors slide into the top eight instead of the Sharks because of Chad Townsend. You can see where I'm headed mm. with this. You're listening to Higher Ground. Get involved with the program. Uh, that text line again, 0457 736 736. Now, also, the question we're asking you tonight, um, if you are awake and listening and you might be on your sofa or on the lounge, you might be laying in bed. Don't know. Don't know. You might be in the car, wherever you are. Monday morning's headline, the back page of any paper you want. What will the headline say on Monday morning? Send those headlines through. Again, 0457 736 736. Yeah, great to have your company on this edition of Higher Ground Wednesday night. Uh, what are we? 23rd of June and four sleeps out from Origin, Origin 2. Uh, that's Mad Russian, that little ruffle you heard in the background. He's normally the panel operator. Uh, these days, I think he, he's, uh, he's got the liquid paper out on his business card. And he's... Did you hear that deep breathing? Did you hear that? That's him, the Mad Russian. He has deleted... This is like... Without any consultation with me, by the way. He has deleted the words 
panel operator, and now and now he's just got executive producer on his business card. <laughs> he thinks he's all that now, hey? He thinks well, he's all getting, that now. I should be getting paid more if that's the case. Well, if so, and what am I host? Host presenter. So now what? I'm panel operator as well. Yeah. So, so what are you going to do? Well, I get the show organised for you. I'm in here nice and early. I'm what are you doing for the next two the hours? Show. Yeah, but once I get up here in the clouds and I can land the plane, what are we going to do with you? We'll Throw you overboard. Time, I'll sit out the back. I'll cut do up what? podcasts. I'll get callers up for you so they're ready to go. I haven't got any callers. Not at the moment. So basically, to my listeners, please, someone give me a call. I want to test this thing out, this, this new system we've got in here, the new cockpit. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 right? That's the open line number. I can tell you... I can tell you right now, there is space there if you want to call and be my first caller while I'm actually driving this plane. Or send the text through, 0457 736 736. Any other uh, presenters, radio presenters, slash panel operators out there want to give me some advice? So they've thrown me in the deep end, basically. But, you know, so far, I reckon I'm doing okay. Yeah, yeah, well Very done. They, see, they agree as well. They agree with, and they're in the corner of the studio. Who brought them in here? <laughs> Who brought them in here? Anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, look, we'll do our best. Origin, origin, four sleeps till origin. So, and I read an article today, and I'm not sure who was writing it, but all we're hearing about is Reese Walsh, right? This 18-year-old mm. who's played only seven games of NRL, who maybe has a little bit of, you know, a few defensive deficiencies, but at that age and that... Uh, that inexperienced, I mean, who wouldn't have, let's be honest. But that's all we've heard. That's all mm. we've read about. And this article w- was basically saying it's a smokescreen. That's all we're talking about yeah. because they have just thrown this in there and that's the storyline. There's probably other angles that we should be talking about, uh, but we're not. We're focusing on this youngster, Reese Walsh. I don't know. I, and, you know, if he's good enough, he's old enough. You've heard the, the cliches. Mm. Um at the end of the day, when people ask me what are my, my thoughts on it, my thoughts, you know what they are? Well, what are their other options? <laughs> Honestly, what are their other yeah. options? So no Kalen Ponga, out injured. Uh, next in line to the fullback throne, AJ Brimson, um, injured. Um, and I don't think he went too well at hooker in game one. Well, he clearly didn't. Do you put Val Holmes back there? Uh, I'm not so sure about that. I think he's probably more effective in origin on the wing, myself. Um, So throw him in there. Throw this youngster in there. Sink or swim. See how he goes. You know, and they haven't got got nothing to lose. Look, they're they're on the end of... They're not expected to win by most people after what happened to them in game one. And I think the, the series will get wrapped up on Sunday. I, I don't see the margin being anywhere near like it was in game one because they will be a different beast at Suncorp Stadium. But um, I still think the Blues just uh, are too good. Too good. That back line oozes talent. Anyway, so what we know, we know that Phil Gould um, has been quite outspoken on Reese Walsh. He believes he's, he's too young to come in. Let's again remind ourselves of what, what Gus has had to say. Typical of every young Queenslander to grow up. That's what they want to do. They want to play for Queensland. Reese Walsh, even at the thought of it, had his bag packed ready to walk to Brisbane if necessary to go and play for the mighty Maroons. Um, and we wish him well. No one at the Warriors Club was denying him the opportunity if it came for him. Everyone was just worried about his, his well-being and whether or not it was the right thing to be bringing him into a team 
particularly this Queensland team at the moment, maybe back in the day when they had Cameron Smith and Cooper Cronk and Billy Slater and Jonathan Thurston and a tough forward pack and they were actually on a roll, it would be a good time to, to bring him into camp and, and let him see origin football from the inside out and then maybe after a, a year or so give him a blooding into the origin side. But to bring him into a team that was beaten 50-6 to six in game one, I think is a disgraceful decision by the Queensland selectors to be asking an 18-year-old to come in and solve this problem is not fair on the kid. I hope he brains him. He's got great talent. He's going to be an origin player of the future. I hope he scores five tries and saves five tries. That doesn't justify the decision to throw this kid into the wolves on, on Sunday. Well, there he is, uh, Phil Gould, um, the most successful origin coach ever. Um, you've got to listen to him, haven't you? You've got to listen to him. I mean, he speaks from a, um, a, a platform of experience and... You know, that's why they've had, and both camps have had for both uh, states for, for a number of years now, they've had their emerging origin camps and, and player development have come through that system and, and had these youngsters in and around the team and, and training with the team uh, and, and even coming into camp. Mm. And, and you have them on the fringe fringe players as well. Then they've, in recent years, we've had the 18th and 19th and 20th man and a lot of them have often been players who have come through mm. the emerging origin situation. So Gus is, you know, it didn't hold back there. He clearly thinks that it's wrong what they're doing to Reese Walsh. But, you know, as I said before, what are their options? Um, and what does the kid want to do? Mm. What does Reese want to do? I'm sure his head, hand's gone straight up. Put, put me in there. Mm. Do you think, but, okay, on the other side of that, is he really going to say uh, to Kevy and, uh, not to Kevy, to, to, to Paul Green and, and selectors, well, you know what, guys? I'd love to play Origin one day. I really am desperate to play Origin. It's on my bucket list. In fact, it's number one. Um, but I've only played seven NRL games, and I really don't think I'm ready. Do you think he'd be able to have that conversation? I guess he could. I don't know. Again, it's a tough thing to throw on the kid to ask him. Um, or would he just say, nah, bloody hell, get me out there. Yeah, let's rip and roll. Let's go. Let's go. I'm... Don't know, what are your thoughts at home? Um, is Phil Gould right in saying that you know, what they've, this is a disgrace, what they've done to Reese Walsh? Or is Phil Gould overreacting? Should Gus leave his nose out of it? Got nothing to do with you, Gus. You keep your mind on matters blue or sky blue. Let the Maroons do what they want to do. But he did say, in all seriousness, Phil Gould, he hopes he brains him, hopes he is successful, and I do too. But we won't know until Monday, will we? Mm. We won't know until Monday. And maybe that might be that headline on the back page that we're asking for you listeners to send in your thoughts. 0457 736 736. That's the text line. Um, what will the headline be on Monday morning? Will it centre around Reese Walsh? Uh, will it be a flop, a failure? Or will it be fabulous? Uh, this one hasn't got a name. Uh, Monday's headline, Freddie left furious as his fancied fall flat on their faces. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, what's that called again? Well, alliteration. How many words have you got there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven words in the headline. Okay, I think it's about the five words too long, that headline. But I like the alliteration. Eleven words. And how many Fs? One, two, three, four, five, six. Freddie left furious as his fancied fall flat on their faces. Send those uh, headlines through 0457 736 736. So Gus clearly 
not in favour of what Queensland are doing to this young 18-year-old. What does Reese think himself? Yeah, I feel like everyone's going to have their opinion, mate, but yeah, that's all I've got to say. Will you back yourself, Reese? Will you just play the, the way you've been playing? 100%, mate. You know, that's um, what you have to do as a, as a footballer and, you know, you can't go out there not thinking, you know, you're not ready or, you know, I'm going to hold back because, you know, you're playing for your, your mates and your state and your family, mate. You don't want to go out there half-hearted. And he won't go out there half-hearted. He'll go out there and he'll do his best. Um, I don't think his best is going to be good enough uh, to get this uh, this team out of the big slump that it's in. But I like Phil Gould. I hope that he um, does have a, a great game, a successful game, um, and is, uh, is, is benefits from the experience. That may not be the case, and that may be a headline on Monday morning. You're listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. Up next... I'm going to talk to former head of the NRL Match Review Committee and a former very good referee, Greg McCallum. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Order! 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 Well, joining us on the line is the judge, uh, Greg McCallum, former NRL referee and uh, former head of the Match Review Panel Committee as well. He often uh, joins us on higher ground to talk all matters uh, judicial. And uh, thanks for joining us, mate. Hey, let's just talk about a couple of things that happened last night. So, yeah, we're 20, 24 hours old, but still I think uh, one of them in particular is very much worth talking about. Um, let's just go through what happened at the uh, judiciary then last night. So Dragons winger Michaeli Ravalawa, he's been banned for four matches. I don't think we've got a problem with that. Unsuccessful in uh, challenging a shoulder charge. Uh, now, Siwa Taukiaho, he's been cleared of a grade one careless high tackle charge uh, for that uh, that shot on Nathan Cl- Well, if you can call it a shot on Nathan Cleary at the weekend. Now, Greg, we spoke about this at length. Um, I think it was uh, on on Monday even. And we uh, we can't really believe why he was sent from the field in the first place, or at least that's what I was thinking. We've seen a number of these in recent weeks. And uh, by my count, it's three in about the past 10 days where players have been sent off, i.e. Kobe Hetherington, or sin-binned, i.e. Taukiaho or Reese Robson, uh, when they've made contact with a player who is falling at a, at a rapid pace. Um, the fact that Taukiaho has been found not guilty of a grade one careless high tackle, um, surely that then points the finger back to the bunker and, and says, guys, what are you doing? What are you thinking? We're not on the same page. Yeah, good evening, Chris, and, and what's your good summary there? Because that's uh, what we did speak about on Monday. I was um, looking forward, actually, to the case going to the judiciary because I felt, uh, with all of the other incidents, it was probably the one that would be the best test case for this um, approach by the bunker and, and referees in, in making decisions on sin bins and everything else. And The system we have in place is always a good system in terms of allowing the player to have his moment um, before his peers on the judiciary. And I was hopeful on this occasion that he would be successful because I think it will now draw a bit of a line um, under these incidents whereby the bunker and the referees will be starting to ask that further question that I highlighted on Monday night. Was the uh, incident or the contact avoidable or not avoidable? 
Mm. Uh, sure, take into account the force, um, and but don't focus necessarily always on the force. Was it avoidable? Well, both players slipped, so I think it was avoidable. Mm. Avoidable or unavoidable? No, unavoidable, but avoidable mm. in the t- in fact that he was sent to the sin bin. You know, oh, I think, yeah, no, exactly, um, exactly. Yeah. And I think we're yeah, I think the we're, uh, yeah. we're yeah. on the same page there. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. But you know, you take those other two in- incidents. So if we go back, rewind um, to what was it, round fourteen, where Kobe Hetherington was uh, sent off, not sin binned, sent off um, for I think it was his shoulder made contact with the head of uh, Corey Harawita Nida. Now, Corey was uh, falling. He got ankle tapped. He was falling rapidly to the ground. There was no way in the world that, in my opinion, this is, that Kobe Hetherington could have got out of that. He, he's, his target zone was around the chest, um, but he made contact with the head because of uh, the player falling so rapidly. Now, he was sent from the field, but then when it came for the match review committee to look at it, he was only handed a grade one and that slapped with a fine. Um and the same can be said about Reese Robson. Uh, his was unavoidable. On Aiden Tolman, he was sin binned, but again, he was only slapped with a with a grade one and and a fine. So I, I don't know. Um, if, if well, we've said all the way through this, Chris, that you know sometimes when you have these crackdowns and efforts to try and enforce policy, you do get these hard line. Uh, situations, and I think the three players that you've mentioned there have all been victims of a hardline approach. And if it, the outcome is going to be that we're going to see less players uh, have their uh, heads knocked um, and having to leave the field and not be able to play week on week, um, then it's done its job. But I think there has to be a bit of pain to get to the outcome that we're after. And I think, unfortunately, these three players that we've highlighted um, were victims of that in terms of um, a hardline approach. And now the Tachiano one, I, I think it's great that it's happened because now that becomes the precedent. To mm. go and challenge it at the judiciary, it now becomes the precedent. The match review committee will, in their deliberations, always have that one in front of them to mm. say whether a player um, is is charged, at what level is he charged, or if he's not charged. Mm. Now the message has got to get the same message has got to get to the bunker and to the referees in terms of, you know, is the player deserving to be sent to the sin bin or or dismissed Mm. um, for something that was, you know, sure, a heavy hit, but it's not an illegal hit in terms of being reckless. I think think our listeners and and rugby league fans, I think they, they want to see consistency, but they want to maybe see a higher threshold for someone to be sent to the sin bin or sent off. Because it is having such a, a great impact on games, even more so now with the new rules. You know, down a man exacerbates it, accelerates momentum for the team that's on top. And you know, you point to the Panthers Roosters game when Taukiaho was gone. Uh, Panthers scored, I think, two or three tries, and and the whole the whole fabric of the, of the contest changed. I'll just go through this: what actually happened with Taukiaho. So NRL counsel Peter McGrath he argued that Taukiaho's actions were careless and that he did have time to withdraw from the tackle more than he did after uh, making contact with, uh, with Cleary and was sin-binned for it, right? Defence counsel Patrick Knowles, he argued that Taukio had no time in the fraction of a second that, I, that uh, Nathan Cleary was slipping 
uh, to pull out of the tackle and demonstrated care by withdrawing force as soon as he could. So the, the panel, they accepted the argument of Knowles, meaning Takiyaho avoids a, uh, a fine uh, for careless high contact and you'll have no carryover points for that incident as well. And it should be also pointed out, uh, the panel, uh, Sean Garlick, um, Tony Pulitua? Yeah, I think. And Bobby Lidner. Mm-hmm. Uh, ten minutes yep. it took him. Ten minutes to uh, to throw it throw it out of court, Your Honour. Yep. Yeah, well, three experienced players there, aren't they? The guys that um, Bobby Lidner and Sean Garlick were on the tribunal when I was on the match review committee, so they've you know, probably given 20 years' service on that role. So they understand, um, I think, what happened out on the field. I think the key in this particular one was that both uh, Takiano and Cleary both slipped. They both lost their footing. Had mm. uh, Takiano remained on his feet uh, and made contact in the way that he did with Cleary, then and then I think you know you've probably got a, more of an argument to say that he was uh, careless in the way that he approached the tackle. But certainly when they both lost their footing, um, I think the mitigating circumstances were quite clear, and no doubt that's what the panel uh, of those three players picked up on, and that's why they found him uh, not guilty of the charge. So that's where you and me may differ a bit, because I I don't think that the, the, the tackling player also needs to lose his footing. I think if you've made you've made your target zone, you, you've, you've bent your back, you're going in for a legitimate shot, and then your target suddenly moves in a fraction of a second, yeah. I think that's unavoidable, Greg. You know, personally, I think that's yeah, unavoidable, and I don't think it deserves yeah. a sin bin. Yeah, I, I get that argument, and, and I suppose we're... I slightly disagree with in that the duty of care uh, in the game and in the code is always on the tackler. And I suppose that's where you always come back to. Um, if, you, if you want to draw a line in, in substantiating a charge, that, that's why the prosecutor would have substantiated or attempted to substantiate that situation because the duty of care is always on the defender. Mm. If I'm out shooting for clay pigeons and you suddenly throw a live pigeon mutt in front of my gun and I shoot it, that's not my fault, is it? You know what I mean? Anyway, look, I'm, I'm, the target moved. The target changed. Uh, what, what I'm also, you've you've touched on this before too, Greg. You've said maybe, and and in fairness, the bunkers only got you know a couple of minutes to make a decision, and and down to the referee. Look, send this guy off or sin bin this guy. From what I've seen here, one bunker official, I won't go who it is now, but I think he's made a few blues in recent weeks. You have made the point that maybe the bunker there should be someone in there with judiciary experience or match review experience that's looking at it perhaps through a different lens? Yeah, I think it needs to be in, in real time. I think there needs to be someone in there. Um, I, I think with an understanding of whether there's likely to be a charge or whether um, the incident's avoidable or not avoidable, that's that's the key in, this, in these sorts of tackles this year. Um, and, and I think you're going to get a better outcome. The clubs will get a better outcome. And the supporters will get a better outcome because you won't see um, these incidents where players, uh, such as in the Roosters-Panthers game, where the whole game turned on that player being sent to the sin bin. And I think we need to get to the situation where we don't have that going on. Look, there's a lot of blowouts in the game, Chris, as we see week in, week out. But in those tight games, um, you don't want to have a blowout because of this. And that's what happened the other night. Yeah, fair call. All right, mate, we're getting there. Uh, we're getting there. It's probably taking longer than we all had hoped, but um, eventually, let's let's hope we get there. And the game is um, is better for the better for what we're going through at the moment. 
Yeah, and that's the aim of it. I think, you know, I keep coming back to Pappenhaus and he hasn't played since being knocked out. So at the end of the day, that's what we've got to try and protect. um, Mm. But I think the players are doing a good job. I think the referees are doing a good Mm. job because they don't have much time to make the decision. The key in all of this, in, in my view, is the bunker because the bunker's got more opportunity to, to look right. at the number of angles. Mm-hmm. The referee's got basically no chance, really, in, in watching it once. And we're seeing right. in, so the bunker is the key. Yeah, and we're seeing inconsistency from week to week from bunker decisions, yeah? Um, that's yeah. what we've got yeah. to Im- that's what we've got to improve, I think. All right, mate. Um, exactly. I, think, I think we agree. We agree there, and uh, always a good, always good to chat. And also, just just on that, it's you were saying there that you know it's good to see the the players are embracing it, and they are. And I read today that you know Josh Papali, um, he's been he was out for a few weeks, suspended, and he's coming back into Origin on, on Sunday. And he he said, look, during during those three weeks off, he was uh, really working on his technique to try and you know, adjust yeah. adjust his approach. So the message is getting through. Um, but I just think we need to tweak the bunker. I, I see it, Chris. Week in, week out, I'm seeing it. That the players, they're making the adjustments, but it's really difficult for something you've been doing and, and being encouraged to do and training to do for so many seasons. Uh, all of a sudden, you need to make that adjustment. Mm. That's where the challenge has been for everybody. All right, mate. All right, buddy. Appreciate you joining us again on Higher Ground. Always. Thanks, mate. Yes, it certainly is, and it's coming up to 10 minutes to 11. Hope you're well, and thanks for tuning in to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. I'm here generally on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday night for Higher Ground. Uh, This week's a little bit different. I'll be here again tomorrow night, so for your listening pleasure, uh, if you would like to tune in, that would be just fabulous, and uh, I'd like to tell you exactly what time I am on. I reckon I'm on from 8 o'clock through till 11. Spot on. Oh, thank you. you. That's the Mad Russian. You may well have, uh, you know the Mad Russian by now. He's uh, generally up here in the cockpit uh, flying the plane, uh, but now he's sort of been relegated back to, uh, well, the the back seats of the plane where it's a bit, you get a bit more turbulence too um, down there in the back. Up here though, I know there's a lot of responsibility with all these flashing lights in this this, uh, studio, uh, but Presenting and panel op, so that's it to me for me tonight. And uh, I get my wings, get me uh, my panel op wings mm. to put on this blazer. Mm. We haven't landed the plane yet, by mind mm. you. So uh, yeah, don't uh, don't count your chickens yet. There might be a bit of turbulence still to come in this program. In fact, I'll, I'll guarantee there's some turbulence to come. State of origin, four sleeps away. Um, well, not a whole lot to talk about. We've we're, I think we're all re-swalshed out. Mm. Aren't we? Uh, what else can we talk about? Jai Arrow, um, he's uh, been in hospital, I believe. Well, his doctor said he had, so his doctor wouldn't lie, surely. He's been on a drip or something, fighting an infection. Didn't say what type of infection or what was infected. So maybe not a lot of uh, detail from like, the doc, but doctors are like um, priests, aren't they? Like Dane Kagai's tonsils that he had out when he was 13 years 13 old. 13 years of age, and had tonsillitis ahead of Origin 1. It's Go amazing figure. how that happens, isn't it? Uh, so there's no dramas, really. It's a little bit uh, smooth sailing. Not a lot of turbulence in the build-up to Origin 2. What did you think of New South Wales? Do you think that was a, a shot at them, naming the side in alphabetical order? Oh, did you notice Rather that too, did you? 18? I thought it was terrific. Yes. Oh, it was I, fantastic. I, Just a little bit of mind games. Yeah, well, I, I sent a tweet out. I sent a tweet out. Um, what are you pointing at now? You're pointing at that for? I don't know why you're dragging that down. Um, I sent a tweet out when they did that, and I wasn't sure um, if 
any others really picked up on it. But mm. yeah, that was a dig at them. Yeah, for sure. But because they did it in Origin One. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. No mind games. We know what the seventeen will be, and Freddie mm. Freddie's been pretty much up up front with it. Mm. Why uh, would they change it? Exactly. Why would you? They need the one change, and that's a, a force change. Mm. And Angus Crichton, who was a, a walk-up starter, I would have thought, for Origin 1, he comes in uh, and will do a, a stellar job, I'm sure. Mm. Um, other changes? Well, there won't be too many changes at all. And um, why would you change a winning formula? You are listening to Higher Ground. Stick around. Plenty more to come. And as I said before, we'll be here on air uh, right up until about midnight. All right, well, time now to talk uh, about all the big uh, news issues in rugby league. A man who has his finger right on the pulse, you could say. And you'll read his articles all over the place, really. Uh, he's from the AAP. Scott Bailey joins us. How are you, Scotty? Good, Chris. Yourself, mate? Mate, I'm well. Um, can't complain. Well, I could complain, but let's not. This is probably not <laughs> probably not the forum to do that. You, uh, I know no, you're, I'm you, to be honest. You, uh, those Queenslanders, let, let them start complaining. We'll talk origin. You you were up in uh, in Townsville for game one, weren't you? Um the the border mm. crossing have you risked that this time are, are you going up there or what what's happening no 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 i'm not there yet which means i won't be there at all uh what would give me about a couple of hours to get there so no i'll uh it'll be a quiet week in sydney and a very rare uh origin night of watching on the telly and, and not being at the ground i guess that's a bit different different isn't it because you they would have been based in sydney for the build-up all the camp etc and you would have had mm. plenty of uh, news and stories to get your head around, but with them gone, it's uh, as you say, it's made made for a quieter week. And you even took the you, you took the better half out for dinner tonight, huh? Yeah, exactly right. It's a rare night off. Uh, had a couple of had a day or so off, which is I mean, if there is such a thing as a day off in this industry, but yeah. um, it's, it's been nice. I mean, rugby league doesn't stop. There's still been plenty of things happening, but mm. uh, it's certainly a lot quieter than an Origin week normally is. Uh, for me, anyway. So yeah, one of my mm. colleagues, Pam Whaley, is up in up in camp, up in Kingscliff, and and we've got a few up in Queensland for what what to be honest, it may as well be a hot spot of itself. Shouldn't the amount of viruses and you know scares they apparently have in oh, that no. camp every every oh, origin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk origin in a moment. Um, before we do, um, interesting takeaways from the Taukiaho case at the judiciary last night. What do you think this will mean in the long run for players who are caught in situations like Siwa was on Friday night. It seems to be a bit of a recurring theme where players are being sent off or sin-binned um, for incidents, which has made forceful or direct contact on a player that is falling. Do you think this is a bit of a landmark case? It's an interesting one. It threatens to be, doesn't it? I mean, Gray Manners League was saying on Monday, and he wasn't talking specifically about the Takiyaho one, but you know, he, he was talking about the Reese Robson one, which... Obviously, Reese Robson was simbin late in that uh, North Queensland loss to uh, Cronulla on Friday night, and he he said he shouldn't have been simbin and he wasn't charged because in the you know case of Reese Robson he was trying to make a tackle around the waist, whereas and I I said to him, well, what's the difference between that and and say, well, all the ones we have where a player falls into the defender, and the argument the NRL makes is that in, in these ones and I guess before. Last night, Takiyaho one fell into this category of where when a player is trying to go for a ball and all tackle or something that's around the chest, mm. if you don't give yourself much of a margin of error, then you're at fault if the attacker slips into you. But, you know, last night's case maybe makes an argument that you know, the panel isn't 
going to find that way. So maybe you might be punished in, in the game, but you won't be suspended. You know, mm. Potentially the panel's not on the same page as going to roll with this. It was an interesting case last night. They um they used evidence that of a uh, an umbrella in in the crowd in the background as mm. sort of showing how far Cleary had slipped and how far he'd fallen and therefore Takiyaho didn't have enough time to react. Mm. So mm. yeah, I don't know. I, I think we'll still see players penalised, but whether we'll see players suspended when yeah. uh, the attacker slips and then whether the match review committee take that into account when they hand down charges. Yeah, mm. it would be really interesting to see over the next couple of weeks. Well, I haven't got a problem with penalties. Not at all. I haven't got a problem with them putting them on report. But I think <clears> we're seeing an increasing situation where players are sent to the sin bin um, and for, and they and wrongfully so. If you really look at <clears> what the match review panel then come up with, they would vindicate that the fact that that they shouldn't have been sent off. You know, they're handed a grade one or or whatever. So, I, yeah, I just think the threshold for sending someone off might need to be reviewed. And it, it sort of looks like they, they're heading maybe in that direction. Yeah, well, even the suggestion was, and we've heard that many different, um, you know, explanations and mm. on what their guidelines are. But the suggestion at one stage, at least what Trent Robinson was pushing, and I think at one stage general were on the same page as this, oh, mm. you, get, you get lost in how this crackdown's gone. But, you know, it was the, a grade two is theoretically um, a sim bin. Yeah. A grade three is a send-off. A grade one yeah. is just a put on report. Yeah. Now, obviously, the NRL stresses that um, you can't expect the match, uh, sorry, the bunker and the on-field mm. referee to play match review committee during a game. And, you know, they're making decisions in Real yeah, time, yeah. time pressure yeah. situations. Yeah. Absolutely. But, I mean, that Takiyaho one was still only considered a grade one. Yeah. And then he fought it and got off and got off. So I mean, even if he was found guilty, if we're going by that measure, then you'd almost make the argument that he shouldn't have been convicted anyway. Well, that's what I'm um, saying. That, that's exactly what yeah. I'm saying. So what I'm saying is, if 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 someone is sent off or sin binned, well, you better come up with a grade two or higher. I think match review. Mm. But and I was talking to Greg yeah. McCallum earlier on in the program. You may well have heard it. Um, he thinks, look, it should be done in real time, and maybe in the bunker, maybe in the bunker, they they should have someone with judiciary or match review committee experience um, to sort of get these people all on the same page, which is, I guess, food for thought. It's a really interesting one because there are some games that they do, and I think most NRL games, there's one um, match review committee member mm. uh, watching that game in live time and, and taking notes and sort of stuff they can bring to the attention of the panel the next day or even in the event of origin or or grand finals, essentially, especially Origin, we we get the judiciary or the match review charge sheet um, within an hour or so, an hour and a half of full time. Yeah. And the NRL tells me how that actually works is that you know when we see full time, the match review committee member or the or the whole committee, if you like, are only sort of 50 minutes into the game because they pause the game so often that you're yeah. looking at things closely that they end up falling well behind. Mm. So. Yeah, it would be ideal to have someone in there that is advising the bunker, but that sort of does show how long it does take for them to to get to, uh, I guess, a decision on where things sit. But uh, look, we could do a lot worse. We could do a lot worse than having someone sitting in there advising the bunker. I think I quite like what Trent was saying a few well a few weeks back, more probably five weeks back, and mm. I, I sort of brought into it, um, you know, the traffic light uh, system. You know, a green is not a send off, not a sin bin. It's a penalty on report. An amber mm. is a grade two, and it's a sin bin. And a red, well, Gonski um, sent off, mm. and um, yeah. So anyway, maybe we'll get the, get there in, in, in 
in time. And I think you're right. Like the Takiyaho, the Robson, uh, even the Kobe Hetherington one the yes. week prior, I think they all fall into the green category, don't they? Where, yes. Yeah, you've made high contact, so yes. therefore you need to be penalised. But, geez, do you really deserve to be sitting 10 minutes? And, you know, that changed the game, not just for the 10 minutes they're off the field, but also the the flow and effects of that because you don't know, fatigue and whatnot in this game. Well, exactly. Um, and also, too, Scotty, and we're sort of going off tangent a bit here, but it is interesting <laughs> and it's very topical. You know, if you did you did the big screen traffic light situation, it could also be part of the entertainment. The fans are there waiting <laughs> to see: is it green? Is it amber? Is it red? You know, um, if they do it right, and you could have someone from the match review in the bunker uh, adjudicating up there and ready to put the finger on the button. Mm. Anyway, and, let, and that's not to say. Oh, sorry, yeah, go. On. I was going to. I was just going to say clearly, it's not to say that what the NRL is doing is wrong. I think you know, mm. the, it's it's the right idea, but it's just you know. It's taking a long time to get to yeah. It's ta- everyone on it's the taken same page. Long, it's, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's taken a bit longer to get on the same page and a bit longer than we'd hoped to get that consistency that we all crave. All right, Origin. Yeah. Um, can these boys turn it around, these mad Queenslanders? I mean, all we're hearing is is about Reese Walsh and um, oh, and also Jai Arrow. He's he's got a virus, huh? <laughs> Apparently, he does. Uh, yeah, it's. It's funny because usually it's the Sunday before Origin that a Queenslander either goes down with an injury or you know gets some mystery illness. But because the game was on, is on a Sunday this week, they've managed to bring that forward obviously to uh, to earlier in the week. <laughs> well, <laughs> no. Joy is apparently, um, apparently he's going to be okay to train tomorrow. Joy. Yes, it sounds like he's fine. I think I think it was very precautionary. They they wanted to get um, get him treated early so he could train. So under normal circumstances, he he wouldn't have required the medical attention he did. Um, look, I think I think you'd be I think you'd be crazy to look at the first result and say that there's no there's no chance that Queensland can turn it around off the back of that because we know this year that you know, like we've seen teams like Souths get fifty put on them. It doesn't mean that Souths are a bad team and Souths could easily have come out and played those opponents the following week and challenged them and, and beat them. So uh, you know, I I don't look at the Townsville result and say that Queensland absolutely cannot win game two, but I still think the New South Wales are a far, far better team than them. Um, there's still question marks over Reese Walsh. Yes, he's a really exciting talent, but you know when when his own club are raising concerns about him defensively, and you know I think I think the stat I looked at this week was he's attempted 22 tackles in the games he started at fullback, and he's missed 10 of them off the mm. top of my head. So we still know he's not a great last line of defence. He's better at fullback than he is in the front line, but he's not a great last line of defence. Um, you know, he's 18. So it's a lot of pressure on him. Harry Grant's a real loss, I think. I don't mind Andrew McCulloch starting because I think he gives them a bit of, bit more in defence. I think Harry Grant missed six or seven tackles in game one. So there's there's a bit there in Andrew McCulloch starting. But, you know, Ben Hunt and Andrew McCulloch don't exactly offer the same creativity that Harry Grant does. So, you know, I don't think they're that much better than they are, or at least on paper, I don't think they're that much better than they were in game one. But, mm. yeah, it's a funny old season of rugby league. So just because they were flogged in game one doesn't mean they can't turn it around in game two. No, and anything can happen at Suncorp. Just on Reese Walsh, and I get your point there. He's, you know, he's defensively, there might be a few, a few issues there. But I guess what do you expect from a young 18-year-old? He's only played seven games. It takes a long time to sort of hone that craft, particularly defensively. But where do you stand on it? Good enough means you're old enough or not? Yeah, I think so. I think good enough means you're old enough. But, you know, you're taking a big risk. Not not just, 
I'm not concerned about Reese Walsh for Sunday night. I'm concerned about if he has a bad game or two, do, do they throw him on the scrap heap and say, oh, he doesn't work at origin level? Yeah. That's, that's what I would hate to see happen. Yeah, I think we'd all... Yeah, we'd if all if they're that. prepared to play the long game on him, then that's great. But they have to be prepared to play the long game on him because, you know, you can't... You can't put it all on him if it doesn't work out in the next couple of weeks. Mm. That would be my only cautionary tale on it. I guess you. I'll ask you the question. You say, ask me the question on Monday how I stand about on the Reese uh, Reese Walsh issue. Um, other news around exactly. uh, Scotty um, and uh, this evening, Chad Townsend all confirmed. Then he will play the rest of the season with the Warriors, where he spent a number mm. of seasons prior to joining uh, Cronulla. He will head off to the Cowboys next year on. Three-year deal? Four-year deal? Can't remember, actually. Either way, uh, three, three, three years, years next yeah. year. 2.4 uh, over three, from memory. What, yeah. So, okay, what's happening now, though? Because the Warriors will play the Sharks a couple of times. I mean, can you imagine the situation? Is there anything in the contract preventing him playing against his former club? Can you imagine if he has a starring performance and, and helps the Warriors win both of those games and forces the Sharks out of the top eight and the Warriors in? And pr- crucial games, might I add, too, because they're both teams that sort of there or thereabouts on the fringes. Uh, at this stage, not to my knowledge, that there's something in, in the contract. I, we might find out more in the next few days. But to this stage, not to my knowledge. I mean, to be fair, it's not like Chad is in the Sharks' uh, top no. 17 at the moment. He, he hasn't been in their halves for a couple of weeks. Now he, he had a, a tough couple of weeks um, after he signed with the Cowboys. Obviously, he's you know, it's nice that his last play for, for the Sharks would be that golden point field goal against the Dragons. Yeah. Um, but before that, it was a tough couple of weeks for him. So it's not like he was in there 17. It's it's a good fit for the Warriors, obviously. Um, you know, they're, they're down a half with Chanel Harris-DeVita uh, injured for the season. So it's probably one of those situations where everyone wins because, you know, the Sharks get a bit, you know, clears out a bit of space on their salary cap going forward. They can sort of move things around. So, look, yeah, it's a tricky one if he comes up against the Sharks and puts in a few match-winning performances. But it's not like this is a case of a player who's agitated to get out of there. And no. you know, this isn't the Mitch Moses West Tiger situation a few years ago, if you know what I mean. No, and yeah, no, good fella too. And you say everyone wins. Well, not quite because I know Newtown were very, very happy having Chad That's true. Ta- having Chad Townsend <laughs> and Josh Durgan and Andrew Fafita running around. Uh, the women's side, you've been following this story regarding attempts to even out talent across clubs. Now, the Broncos aren't performing too well in the NRL, but in the NRLW, they're dominant. Mm-hmm. This is a really interesting story, actually. It, what Basically, what's happened is... is um, they've gone from four teams to six, but obviously the Warriors have dropped out. So effectively, we've got three new clubs. And where where do you find that talent from? Because you, you know you're you know you're asking for an extra fifty odd players, and the challenge is obviously that the foundation clubs, so your Broncos, your Dragons, your Roosters, would be so much stronger than the other three new franchises unless they can uh, get attract big name talent. So what the NRL tried to do is they've they've offered the top 24 players central contracts. Uh, that'd be worth about $28,000 from what I make out for about two months' work, which is pretty good money, let's be honest. Absolutely. Uh, or at least improved money from where they were. Um, and, and the idea would be that of those 24 players, four of those would go to each club. But it's hit a snag in that the Broncos girls don't want to leave Brisbane. They've won the first three premierships mm. and they want to stay together as a team. So... It's a really tricky situation. The NRL, I think, are trying to do the right thing um, in 
developing a product that's attractive to broadcasters can bring more money into the game mm. and can draw more eyeballs to it and therefore further develop the women's game as we go. And it's going to bring, you know, obviously will increase their pay and increase exposure. And they have tried to do it in a way that the players are, shall we say, drafted or yeah. allocated yeah. to their local club. So the Broncos girls who are from the Gold Coast were offered spots in the Gold Coast roster. Uh, as things stand, no Broncos girls have agreed to leave. So what they're saying is we'd rather knock back your central contract and mm. just take less money to stay in Brisbane. Uh, and Newcastle are yet to sign a marquee player because no girls agreed to go to, to Newcastle. So I don't know. What, what, what do you make of it? It's, it's sort of, it's a tricky one, isn't it? No, it is. I think maybe, and I don't know enough about it. You've put me on the spot a little bit there. I haven't been reading too much about it, but to me, it sounds like uh, these girls, you know, you, you can't really force them to move to another club. That's, um, you know, that is a, a draft in effect, isn't it? But I think possibly mm. they need to take a, a longer term outlook maybe and, you know, just yeah, to um, it, see where the game is trying to get. Because the bigger the, the pie grows, um, I guess even if it got a smaller slice, it'll be worth more, if you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's funny because some of the some of the players are very much of the opinion, yet we've, we've got to do the right thing by the game here. We've got to look at the bigger picture. And then there's other players who say, well, hang on. Like, the Broncos have been really good to me or, you yeah. know, this club, the Roosters, whatever, have been really good to me. I don't want to leave this club. This is where my... T- where my friends are, this is what you know. Mm. The coach I want to play under, this is where I'm going to play my best football, and that's going to put me in the best position to play Origin or play for Australia. And you say, well, you know, it, it's a really tricky situation. But you know, also, Scott, it's only, would... for, only for a couple of months. No, this is well, that's it. I don't, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Like it's, and you're spot on. The, the yeah, thing, no, toughen up, say... girls. Girls, toughen up. No, I just had to rethink of that. No, do as you're told. <laughs> do as you're told for a couple of months, and um, I think we'll, we'll yeah. be better off. Just on the girls' I think that's where I stand. It's, yeah. it's a tricky one. And what I would say is I think if the NRL had made the announcement six months ago that the competition was expanding and not one month ago, I think mm. it would be a lot easier to sort out. That's, mm. that's sort of, I think, what would have made it a lot easier. And I am saying in jest, toughen up, girls. They're, they're, they, are, they, are, <laughs> they are as tough as they come. And, and, tough. and if those that have seen Origin in recent years will know that this game has come on in leaps and bounds and they're – not just tough, but very, very talented, you know. And there yeah, were probably sceptics out there at the start a few years ago thinking, yeah, you know what, you know. But once you watch it, and if you haven't, if our listeners have not watched Women's State of Origin, do yourself a favour and have a look because, you know, they don't mm. hold they don't hold back. So it's on Friday night. Um, who are you tipping in that one? Uh, you've got to go New South Wales. They've won the majority since it's gone into Origin. I think three mm. from, what are we up to? This is the fourth year. So I think they've won two – no, they've won two from three, sorry, but the... Queensland holding the shield, aren't they? Doing the math in my head, 89. Yeah, they've won two from three, but uh, Queensland were dominant for a very long time before they, in the interstate challenge, which was, you know, the, the precursor to origin in the women's game. Mm. Um, yeah, New South Wales, but Queensland's got the Queensland's got the big names in Yali Brigham, Shaws and Co., um, you know, Taryn Aikens, but New South Wales probably have the depth. So I'll say New South Wales. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I think the Blues too in a narrow one. Right. Oh, finally, buddy. Um, we're asking people tonight what their headline from Origin Two will be on Monday morning. Putting you on the spot. What will the back pages say? What will they be talking about? Oh, it it will say, um, it will say future immortal Tom, Chibovich stars again yeah. in. 
Landslide Blues victory. Landslide Blues victory. Okay, future immortal Tom. All right, buddy, I appreciate that. And uh, let's hope that uh, the headlines are along those lines, uh, being both uh, <laughs> both from down here. I appreciate your time. Enjoy the week and uh, enjoy Origin too. My pleasure, Chris. You too. See you, mate. Take, take care, mate. There he is. Scotty Bailey, good fellow, isn't he? Doesn't he know his stuff? Um, knows everything about the game and more. Uh, Scotty Bailey from uh, AAP, and uh, great to have him joining us on Higher Ground. Stay with us, and don't forget you can uh, be part of the show, 0457 736 736, if you'd like to send a text. Yeah, time now for our weekly fantasy NRL update with the boys from Talking League. Uh, just search Talking League wherever you find your podcast to listen to these fellas, and tonight we're joined by Andy Burden. Welcome back to Higher Ground. Andy, how you doing? Not too bad, mate. Um, never a week off this month, isn't it? Well, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Or... A little bit weird. Little yeah, bit weird. it does feel... We'll find something to do. Weird. We'll find something to do. <laughs> we'll go through a bit, a bit of a review of the season so far, but just off the top, um, a lot of chat online about people bringing Bailey Simonson in as one of those players on the show. Uh, we had Bailey uh, on higher ground a few weeks ago. I think it was on our NRL Match Day program, actually, last weekend. Gee, I found him a really polite, engaging fellow. He's also... A pretty good footballer. Yeah, he killed it that game of uh, fullback last week, didn't he? His fantasy stats have been up and down. Um, so uh, he would have, a few people would have jumped on the high score of 66 he got last week. Um, didn't do too bad in 34, but I suppose as a winger fullback in fantasy, you sort of want to get a bit, little bit more than 34. But um, when you're coming towards the end of the season, you sort of want to cash down to get bigger players. So you'd sell a $400,000 player to pick up a $300,000 player like Simonson was, I think it was three thirty, and then use that cash elsewhere to stock up some other players. So it's not too much of an issue if you did bring him in. But mm. yeah, he sounded like a good bloke. Two players have really stood out. Uh, now, one of them, Nathan Cleary, I mean, his points and his, his fantasy um, scores have been been off the chart. Uh, Jake Avarillo as well. Did you get on those two early on? Uh, I'll tell a bit of a sob story. I had <laughs> Jake, Jake Avarillo at the start and um, the first three games he wasn't scoring that well. So I, um, well, for some silly reason, I punted him yeah. and then just could not pick him back up again. Had that regret and he's turned him to be the biggest cash earner of the season mm. so far. So it really hurts every time he does well. Hey, Andy, you've got to know when to hold them. I, I, you know. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm man enough to admit when I've when I, when I let one go. Fair enough. Fair the, enough. This, the second highest uh, cash earner was Reese Walsh, and I picked him up really early. So I sort of made up for it, but not really. <laughs> he made touch... 348k. Well, I was just going to touch on, on Reese Walsh, um, and he'll be wearing the number one for Queensland. <laughs> On Sunday, will fantasy players be moving him out again in that Origin three affected round a bit down the track? Um, I, look, with Walsh, it's hard because he's sort of been putting up keeper scores. Mm. So keeper scores, how many scoring? Gee, 50, 55 or higher these days. This year, fantasy's been out as well with scores. But um, Walsh will probably only miss that one game, um, and then maybe Adam O'Brien. Or uh, sorry, maybe Brownie might rest him for the next week because he's young. But look, he's playing Origin. <laughs> mm. It's just be a good accolade for him. I think he's a good experience. So for, for me, he's a bit of a hold. Yeah, yeah, okay. Where do we stand on Jason Talmalolo? We're talking Fantasy League, by the way, fellas and uh, ladies out there listening. Uh, this is our weekly fantasy update with uh, the fellas uh, from Talking League 
podcast. Jason Taumalolo, um, you know, he's been a, a real staple, hasn't he, um, for, for many years. But this year, injuries, he's been a bit up and down. Um, and form, I, I, you could say, a bit indifferent. Yeah, I think with Big Chase, he was the fantasy god for a couple of years in a row there. But um, I think the rumours of him knocking enough minutes and then breaking his left hand and then coming back and breaking his right hand, I think he's done a massive um, shock for his confidence. Mm. Uh, the last two games, he's, he's punched out uh, 54 minutes and 58 minutes. So he's finally getting that bit of... He's getting some runs underneath him. Um, he has... Dropped down to a pretty low price of 618k, but I think TK likes to call it a three-date rule. I think he uh, he's going to get one more game with him with a couple of good scores underneath his belt for him need, to me to pick him back up for the end of the season. Um, three-date rule, considering hey? yeah, they just got they got to have three good scores before he gets him in the team. That's me. So you have three good yeah. dates before you. Okay, okay, well, I think I, I get. Uh... I get what you mean. <laughs> now, listen, on a, on a broader scale, um, obviously the landscape's changed a bit, uh, a lot, not a bit, a lot this year and, and last year with the new uh, six again. And, um, you know, it's a bit of a different land landscape. It's certainly a different game, let's say, than what we were watching two seasons ago. Has that changed fantasy at all? Are there any trends with certain types of players or, or positions that are more or less valuable than they used to be? Yeah, it's looking like... Um... Your massive game breakers, they're, they're sort of coming into the game and scoring more points, like your David Fafida and your Tommy Turbo. Um, in comparison, Nathan Cleary, last year, he averaged 73 fantasy points for the year. As, as, as it goes halfway through the season, he's actually averaging 96.9 per round, which yeah. is absolutely unheard of. So it's... it's the next best to him is, is David Fafita on 73. So there's the wing of fullbacks are getting a lot. There's sort of, I think, the um, the quicker pace of the game, all those support players are coming in and scoring a bit, mm. uh, getting a bit more points. So that's the sort of key chat I've seen. Mm. I'm going to ask you, uh, we're asking people uh, tonight, what will the headline be on the back pages on Monday morning, right? So I want to give you a little bit of time to think about what your headline on Monday morning, we'll read. Uh, just on Origin, before I do that, where will you be watching? Um, because of this whole COVID outbreak, another mm. COVID outbreak, just having a, a barbecue with a few mates over. Five, to be exact. I can't five. do anything more than five. So. Is that the new rule? I think it was, yeah. Uh, five five people is the uh, maximum you're allowed to have over. Oh, no, is it really? Uh, that, it's unfortunate. That's... It's going to ruin everyone's. Mm. To be honest, though, I don't think I'd have more than five good mates I'd want over, to be honest with you. That's very true. And look, they all have to be the same, the same New South Wales. If, if yeah, they're oh, Queenslanders, they can watch from outside. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Bloody out in the balcony. Absolutely. On the balcony, <laughs> on the coal, without any outdoor heaters as well. Um, Barbie, yeah, okay. There's a few people doing Garlow's pies, having pie parties as well, I've noticed. Uh, of late, um, and uh, yes, and Gal- Gallo's pies—they do—they do spend uh, well, a sponsor of this this station as well. Uh, okay, um, back page, back page Monday morning. What's the headline? I think the headline would be "Baby Queenslanders No Good" as Tedesco um, holds 
the trophy for New South Wales Blues. Long, long, That's a long very long. <laughs> That's more of a sub anyway, That's maybe, the first paragraph, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just... Um, How about Blue Murder? Blue, blue, blue Murder 2. What'd you say? Fresh recruits don't do the job for Queensland. Fresh recruits fail. Okay. Fresh That's recruits. the one. Yeah, it's probably right. better. Fresh recruits. That's why you're in this business, and I'm just, okay. I'm just <laughs> Fresh recruits left uh, maroon faced. Yes. Okay. We'll get oh, that that is brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So it was a collective. Exactly. Collective. Effort. <laughs> All right, mate. Enjoy the rest <laughs> of the week, Andy. Um, and enjoy Origin and your well, your barbecue with uh, five of your mates. Will do, mate. Have a lovely night. Perfect. Thanks, mate. There is Andy Burton from the uh, Talking League podcast. Just Google that, um, Talking League podcast, and we talk to the boys uh, each and every week right here on Higher Ground. Well, that just about wraps things up for tonight. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to those that have sent some uh, text messages in. I hope it wasn't too uh, too bumpy, the ride. I was on debut up here in the cockpit as the presenter and the panel op. Uh, we'll smooth out, though, that turbulence in uh, in weeks to come. Uh, we'll try and do it in days to come, because I'm back tomorrow from 8 o'clock tomorrow night till 11 p.m., a special Origin edition of Higher Ground. On Friday, of course, it's uh, the Women's State of Origin. That's from 6 p.m. Jimmy Smith will uh, be with Katie Brown for that. And then the big one, State of Origin, uh, from outside Suncorp Stadium. Uh, we'll do that from 12 uh, up until kickoff at uh, a 10 to 8. That's all we've got time for tonight. Until I join you again tomorrow, take care. Have a good sleep.